Happy Tuesday, everyone, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke, going back-to-back -back this week with John Brogan. Long time no talk, Brogan. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Good, thanks. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit of U of A football here, and the, the football schedule was released for, for Arizona, and, well... It, uh, it, it's, it's not easy. So here's what, you, here's what Arizona fans are looking at. You're looking at BYU, first game of the season. Then you're looking at San Diego State, Northern Arizona, Oregon, UCLA, Colorado, Washington, USC, Cal, Utah, Washington State, ASU, and then if you can stomach all that and you do what u of a fans think that they're capable of you get to play in the pac-12 championship game what were your initial thoughts when you saw that roster or when you saw that schedule well seems like all their hard games are on the road mm -hmm. you know they're at oregon they're at usc um at arizona state when it's a rivalry game so kind of all bets are off on that <clears throat> especially after the way last year went they'll be fired up for that game um when you look at this schedule BYU's interesting. BYU's more talented, but Zach Wilson's gone, and Zach Wilson really made BYU go. So that game's a neutral site game in Vegas. Um, Arizona's probably going to be 8 to 10-point dog would be my guess. BetOnline.ag. Um, but I think, that's a, I think that's a game where they've got a puncher's chance. Um, then you go to San Diego State at home. They could definitely win that game. Um they better beat NAU. And so I think optimistically, you're 2-1, and one, um, if you're really optimistic, 3-0. and oh, But I think ideally, I guess, you're 2-1 and one coming out of those first three games with a win over San Diego State. Um, and then the Pac-12, you know, at Colorado will be winnable. UCLA at home is winnable. Cal at home is winnable. And then ASU's rivalry. So if you look at the Pac-12 games... I feel like there's three games that they can win. Arizona right now is on a 12-game losing streak. I get it. I get it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I understand that you understand. Where does Arizona... Does Arizona go into their third game of the season against NAU on a 14-game losing streak? I don't think so. I think they're going to beat San Diego State. So you think they beat BYU, lose... Or, excuse me, uh, lose to BYU, beat San Diego State... Yeah, and, and with the asterisk there that if they lose to BYU 50-10, to 10, then I'm changing my pick on San Diego State. <laughs> right, right. Well, you've got about seven months to be able to come <laughs> up with that one right there and make sure that that one happens. So here, what there are games on here, though, that I don't feel that Arizona has much of a chance of winning. Yeah. And Washington is certainly one of those games. USC is one of those games. Oregon. Oregon for sure is one of those games. The Oregon one feels to me like it could get ugly too. And well, I think there's potential for quite a few of these games to get ugly. The problem with Arizona football right now in its present incarnation is that outside of NAU, there really isn't one that you just look at and say, all right, well, there's a win. And I think that's where you kind of know where you are in the pecking order of college football right now, because generally when you're a power five team, you can look at it and say, okay, well, all right, there's a win, check. We'll have three wins minimum. The only one that you can really look on here and say for a fact at this point that Arizona is going to win is NAU. 
Yeah, the only games they have a chance to be favored in are San Diego State. That line, I think, will be really close. Will be a one or two point spread, I think. Mm-hmm. NAU, they'll clearly be favored. After that, maybe UCLA at home. That's it. So they could they could come into this season being favored in only one game, NAU. But I think the maximum they could be favored in would be three games, and those favorites would be minus one, minus two, minus three type favorite games. Yeah, and it's we're going to talk about coming up here with whether this schedule is good, whether it's a t- whether it's bad for Jedfish, and kind of where Arizona ranks in the pecking order in the South. But if you do plan on traveling to some of these games, Rock Auto is one that you might want to check out, though, before you do. If you've got some problems with some car parts, some issues going on, rockauto.com is basically your one-stop shop for anything car repair. From upholstery to all the gadgets that go into the engine, this is something that is incredibly easy to navigate. A lot of people look at it and say, man, I don't really want to mess with an online site. But the difference, though, with rockauto.com is that it's incredibly easy to go through. And I think that's what makes everybody so enthused by using Rock Auto. As I've mentioned many times, uh, I've got family members that are using it. And um, in the past, they basically just said, "Okay, well, we're just going to take this to the corner store and get this figured out. Well, now, if you got a little bit of ingenuity in there and you can navigate the Internet just in the most basic of terms, rockauto.com is going to give you great deals and you'll get all your parts very quickly. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke. Talking a little Arizona football today. And I think the first thing that uh, we wanted to talk about was the schedule and kind of the bear of a schedule that it is. Now, how does this relate to new U of A football coach Jed Fish? And here's my question. If you're Jed Fish, do you want to have an easy schedule to start the season? Or do you want to have a more difficult schedule? And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, Mike, well, it's another one of your dumb questions right there. But if you're Fish and you play the best that the conference has to offer, there are two possible rewards. First of all, you find out exactly where you stand in the conference. Second of all, if you get plastered and beaten all over the field in a weird way, that's actually not a terrible recruiting tool because you can show kids that, hey, man, this is what I was left with. I got nothing right here. There's playing time available everywhere. Conversely, you can also say, well, nobody wants to go in and basically get blasted in their first six games of the season minus NAU. But I can make the case right here, and I just did, that it's maybe good to have a tough schedule there, Brogan. Yeah, and I think the the thing that's important to remember is this schedule. These schedules are typically made years in advance, and these games are agreed to <clears throat> in advance. So it's not like Jedfish had any control over it. But I like the schedule for this reason, because it's not like you're playing, you know, LSU or Penn State to start the year, and you're going to get beat fifty-two to ten. You're playing BYU. <laughs> we remember that one, <laughs> right? You're playing BYU, which is a good test, right? BYU is going to be a really good. Um, middle-tier Power 5-type team. And so it's a good gauge to see exactly where you're at. San Diego State, another pretty good mid-major-type football team, but it's going to win 8, 9, 10 games. And so I think 
if I'm Jed Fish, I like those two games to start the season because they're good tests to see where I'm where I'm at without me just having to get smacked by the likes of an Alabama or something like that, where you know the game is so overwhelming before you start. I honestly think Arizona's going to go into these first two games thinking they have a chance to win. Well, you'd hope so, because like you said, it's, I mean, while you're playing a BYU team that should still be fairly good, I think the way BYU has things rolling right now, you're, you're going to have real peak years like you had mm-hmm. last year, but I don't think the BYU is ever going to put a bad product on the field. Yeah, and so it'll give Fish a good chance to kind of evaluate his talent, see where they're at, um, and then he can spin it. Recruiting, you can spin it a hundred different ways. It's immediate playing time, or it's we're building something, and look, we won five games when everybody thought we would win two, or whatever. So the results, they'll spin however they want to spin. Um, here's what I don't think can happen, and this is where having a tough schedule, especially in the pack, is bad, is if they go over in the pack, they win one pack game, and they lose the games by an average of 20 or 30 points, then it gets really hard to recruit. I think in a weird way, you it's okay if you lose these games, if but you want to be competitive because I don't think any kid wants to say, all right, well, yes, Arizona right now is getting blasted by every single team they play, but you know what? I can go in there and I can start. It's much easier to sell a kid saying, you know what? We don't have a ton of talent, but as you can tell by the results, we're not that far away, and you could be that missing piece, Jonah Coleman, for example, running back out of California. Yeah, and if you look at, I think Arizona's going to have more talent on the field this coming year with the transfers. Um, I think the coaching staff is going to be better. Um, They'll be able to help these guys develop, things like that. They won't have to necessarily deal with COVID the way that Arizona had to last year. Um, Obviously, there's huge question marks at the quarterback spot, but... I think the team's going to have more talent as a whole. And so I think we'll know pretty early what the, the kind of outlook for this team is going to be. The BYU game and the San Diego State game will be telling. If they're competitive in those games, I don't necessarily care if they win. But if they're competitive in those two games, then I think you can be optimistic for the future of Arizona. Does Jed Fish have something going here that basically anything they do will be better than what Kevin Sumlin accomplished here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yes, let's just say that Arizona wins three games this year. Well, Jed Fish can say, hey, man, I'm 300% better than you were last year. He's, in a weird way, I think he's actually kind of in a good spot right here because he can he can spin this pretty easily that man dude there's nothing here and arizona football we can be honest is at an all-time low right now it's not like this it's not like the program's ever been lower so anything they accomplish any game they keep close you could look at and say hey it ain't 70 to 7 yeah and and everybody understands the state of arizona football hiki robbins jed fish they all understand the state of it where Fish has an advantage over somebody like Sumlin, I think, is he's doing all the right things and saying all the right things and, um, you know, uh, engaging with the fan base and with the high schools in the state and things like that. So as long as he keeps doing those types of things, I think they're more inclined to give him four or five years to figure this thing out as opposed to the Sumlin path, which is not going to really engage with anybody and just kind of coast and see what happens. And then you're in year three, like, okay, we know we got to move on. I think fish will be given a longer leash, assuming that he keeps the energy he's got going today. We talked about the over unders of what Arizona might win this year. I threw out three games, not exactly what I'm saying, but if you wanted to bet on the over unders, betonline.ag has you covered. This is locked on wildcats. 
football edition with John Brogan. I am merely Mike Luke. The Pac-12 South has kind of been beaten up over the years. And, you know, quite frankly, it's understandable because when USC isn't great, nobody really is going to take the South totally seriously. Now, I think what's a little bit different this year, though, is that USC, while not a vintage USC team, should be good just by the fact of all the returning starters they have. You look at all the preseason rankings, they're generally somewhere in that 15 range. The other really sexy pick is going to be ASU, who we'll get to in a second. And I'm in on ASU this year. I think ASU is going to be really good. Uh, Brogan was really in on ASU basketball to start the season. I was not, but ASU football, I think, is going to be a different animal. Utah is always going to be solid. They're a little bit like BYU in that regard. You know, they are in the same state. Uh, Colorado, I don't think it's going to be very good. UCLA, I think, offensively should be able to put up some points. I don't know how good they're going to be. And you look at it, and Arizona right now, I think in the pecking order of the Pac-12 South, Brogan is probably somewhere around fifth or sixth. Is that fair to say, just from a talent perspective? Yeah. I, uh, USC's the they're easily the best team in the Pac-12 South next year from a pure talent mm -hmm. standpoint. Colorado, who was picked to finish second to last last year, like Arizona, went three and one, surprised everybody. Mm -hmm. UCLA looked really competitive in games; they won three games. And, ASU went two and, and two, even but in it games was COVID. They, and even in games they lost, mm -hmm. UCLA, yeah. those games were like forty-eight to forty-two. It had more of a Chip Kelly type feel. Yeah. So uh, you know, I feel like USC is clearly at the top. Utah's always going to be good, just by the the kind of their system allows them to be one of the better teams. So, you know, I think ASU is number two by default just because they were a young team last year. They return everybody. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA or Utah finished second and, you know, they were five and one and ASU was four and two or something like that in the, in the South. But I think it's clearly USC. And then I think you have a case for Utah, UCLA, ASU, Eileen ASU um, second there as well. And then I think it's Colorado next. And then I think it's clearly Arizona next. So I think they're sixth. Mm -hmm. Optimistically, they win. You know, they upset a team or two. They beat Colorado and they finish fifth. What do you think about Arizona's in-state rival? And I don't like having to talk about this a ton, but everybody is still mentioning the 70-7 to win. This, to me, is really going to be the case. This is going to be the test season for ASU, in my opinion, because we like making fun of ASU, and rightfully so, about well, you know what? It's two things. It's either a, we're a football program, which eh, you're really not, or second of all, we're going to be really awesome next year. I think this is really the year that ASU's got to make that move. And I think if you're Arizona, if that move does make, if that move is made, it only puts even more pressure, but in a good way, on Jed Fish to really get this thing rolling. Yeah, this is ASU's make or break year for sure. If ASU doesn't win. 10 games, then... Nine bare minimum. Nine bare minimum, I agree. Then ASU's just kind of like, well, you're recruiting not the USC-type kids, not the Oregon-type kids, but the next tier. And you're getting the low-level four-star kid. Yeah, you're only winning seven or eight games a year. Eh, then that's kind of all you're going to be, right? This is the year they've got to make the jump because this is the year when all those freshmen and sophomores over the last couple of years are now juniors and seniors. Mm -hmm. Um It'll be interesting to see how ASU does because ASU 
was the team last year that was supposed to be make a, a jump from the year before, and they just had some head-scratcher games last year. It's COVID, so everybody gets a pass in my mind. Um, but this year will be definitely be telling. This is the year, and I think if you're Arizona, I, I believe ASU is an easier job to win at just because you know, you're know you in Phoenix. You've got a coaching staff right now that's basically all NFL players. But if ASU does make that jump, I think it's also – in a weird way, good for Arizona because I think it shows that you can win in the state, especially if you have the right coaching staff in place. The one thing that we've talked about with Jed Fish is that he's put together a very sexy coaching staff from a name, from an accomplishment perspective. So, again, it's not the ASU coaching staff per se, but I think ASU, if they do win this year, has at least shown the template is possible, and I think a guy who's energetic and a smart dude like Jed Fish will figure that one out. Yeah, and and I mean, when you look at the coaches Arizona's had, Mike Stoops won, Rich Rod won, Sumlin obviously didn't. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think if if what you're trying to say is Arizona can get to that ten back to that ten eleven win, you know, Dick Tomey era, <laughs> right. well, okay, yeah, maybe ASU will prove that. But I think there's been enough success in the last twenty years. You for, can win for seven Fish. eight consistently. Yeah, here. make a bowl game, be ranked occasionally. Uh, make bowl games regularly, be ranked in the top 25 every second, third year, whatever, like Rich Rod was. I think I think Jed Fish already thinks that's where he can get the program to. And, you know, I don't think Arizona fans really – I don't think when it comes – I think Arizona basketball fans sometimes have some unrealistic expectations. I don't think with football that's the case. But I think with Arizona football fans, they just want to be competitive and you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to be basically made fun of. And that's – Let's be honest here, man. The last three years, you were you've essentially been a bottom feeder, and even there was never a time really under Rich Rod. I know you had the three win year, but you always knew that you had to take Arizona seriously. The Sumlin years, I think, really sapped a lot of people because you didn't have to take Arizona seriously. And I think Arizona football fans don't necessarily need top twenty five finishes every year, but I think that they'd like to be viewed at as a legitimate football program at the same time. Right, right. And so that's why I think heading into this season, you know, I think if Jed Fish can win three or four games, as as sad as that sounds, and the team's competitive and they're playing hard and it just looks and feels different than last year, I think the city will be behind him a thousand percent. If it feels more like last year where we're just not competitive, then maybe it's a little more, you know, lukewarm until he can get then it'll then it'll all come down to recruiting. If he starts bringing in better recruiting classes, then the city will get you know more and more behind them over and, time. And I think information is power, and this is another no-dust statement, but I think at this time next year, we're going to have a much better idea about Jed Fish. Yeah. Not necessarily from a win-loss perspective, but like you said, how it looks on the field. And second of all, the kind of kids that he's able to bring in. Right. So, Brogan, really appreciate you hopping on these last two days. Let's try to get you on later in the week if that works. Yeah, we will do. As always, thank you for listening to Locked On Wildcats.